Well, this is track nine, another song I co-wrote with Roberto called Language of Peace. For me, the key, the key instrument in this is the banjo, <laughs> oh, <laughs> which yeah. uh, I mean, it's not here right now. In fact, this is the Wurlitzer, another example of the Wurlitzer being a really uh, the right sound. Yep, kind of gets right, right into yeah. the vibe of the song. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's um. Yeah, the banjo just was kind of a, an inspiration after you and I had pretty much worked through all the tunes with, with the, at the demo stage with the keyboards. I had about three days before Gary and Blues and Kevin and you came to my studio and did all the tracks for real. And I just, my wife and my daughter went off to the beach and uh, I had three days on my own here. And so I took every guitar, banjo, mandolin, electric, acoustic guitar, everything out. I had like 12 instruments out, laid them all out on stands, on the ground. And then I just started one by one going through the songs, adding supportive guitar parts. No melodic stuff, just, you know, stuff to support, like, like your keyboard parts, you know. Um, and, uh, and some of it lasted and, and made it into the final. A lot of stuff did, and some of it didn't. Uh, I, probably about 75% of it did. But the biggest surprise to me was that the banjo on this, you know. Um, now that was it, done it, with what? The bantar? Is that, is that, is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, the bantar? Yeah. When I moved to L.A. in 1982, within being there about two months, I started to get calls to play banjo on something, <laughs> or to double, to double on it, you know. I mean, they knew I wasn't a banjo player, but they wanted me, you know, they're doing some commercial, we need electric guitar, we need steel string, and we need banjo. And friends of mine had told me about this guitar you could buy at this shop, I can't even remember the name of it, I'm sure it's long gone, where it was called a bantar, because it was half banjo, half guitar, it sounds like some Japanese horror character, you know, creature. Bantar! Um, <laughs> right, and uh, it was, um, you know, six strings, tuned like a guitar. But the instrument was a banjo. It had all the, 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 the components of a banjo. And you could play it like you were just playing the guitar. So you didn't have to think different tunings or that extra string that the banjo has. You know, um, it's like a drone string. And, um, and I was able to almost immediately, because I'd always been a pretty good country flat picker from playing in bluegrass bands and when I was in college. Uh, I'd always been pretty good at that, so I was able to immediately adapt that sort of a style, you know, with the banjo sound coming out. It was even better. I used to do the guitar, but now I had the actual banjo sound coming out. So, anyway, I hadn't pulled that instrument out until I moved back to the East Coast from L.A. in 1990. I don't even know if that thing had been pulled out of the case, you know. Um, and uh, here it is, you know, making a feature yeah, <laughs> on well. Language of Peace. It's, it's appropriate, you know, the different elements. I mean, this song is called The Language of Peace. Mm -hmm, so, to exactly. bring in, so to bring in different elements, you know, country, Americana, you know, mixed and, with... And, the, and, the, and the, the South African thing you brought in. Yep. 
Because yeah. I think that was something we actually talked about. You started going in that direction, and I remember you. I think I remember you saying, "Is that okay? Is that is that right?" And I was like, "Yes, yes, that's that's exactly right." And um, so you're right. That Americana, South. That people are picking up on that too. This, believe it or not, that's a song that I've, I'm considering as the next single because I'm just getting so much good response from it. Again, it's a surprise to me because it's not one I would have thought, you know, yep. uh, would be for radio per se, but, you well, know. Well, it's unique. It's, it's, it's a fresh, you know, it's a fresh production and a fresh approach. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's, and it's a great I remember, song. well, R- Roberto, that's another one Roberto wrote, uh, wrote part of it, and I wrote the, the, all the melodic stuff and, and the bridge. Um, but, I mean, right away I heard it. I think he even had a name for the song, you know, just like a funny working title, something like, um, oh gosh, I think he called it, you know, Simon Graceland or something, you know? And, yeah. Which, so I always had that idea. Well, this is track 10, That Time of Evening. And this is this is one of the ones where what Gary and Blues did, I don't know how well you remember the demo, but it, it had a nice groove to it and everything. But I don't know, all of a sudden when Gary and Blues had played it for 30 seconds, I mean, this is almost first take stuff on this one. It, they're just like skating it, you know? I don't know how else to describe it. It just sounds like they're gliding on this one. It's and swinging in the, a little In the more. best way. It's swinging, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's almost but like it, that, that go-go kind of thing, you know, that that go, you know, that Washington, D.C. You know, you know you're right. Go-go. I had, I hadn't. I hadn't conceptualized it like that, but I think that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I mean, those um, guys live that stuff, you know. I mean, it's... it's particularly know. blues. I mean, I, he's done a lot of it. So he's done those gigs till four in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> where it's just about this, this almost mesmerizing groove, you know. Yep. Oh, there's that. Now, this is cool because we've certainly used flute-like sounds in the past, but... But this, you came up with a, mo- a motif here that's really integral to the, to the chorus. Yeah, it's a nice hook. It's like a sub-hook. Exactly. But that's, that's that, I don't know if people, when they listen, really pick up on it. I mean, they do, but I think it's probably un- subconscious, you know. Yep. Um, but it was just the right timbre. And I think it's, it's a flute doubled with vibes. So yes. while you hear it, it's not really a flute, of course, but while you hear it as a predominantly flute, you're really hearing that other nice, warm quality that the vibes put on underneath it. You know? Yeah. Boy, in a way, I got to say, it's almost hard to believe. I mean, their playing is so smooth. It's almost hard to believe, you know, that there aren't any samples involved in this. You know what? I mean, they just sound flawless. Yeah, they have great time. I mean, great time, and it's not stiff. It's just, it's just no, so in the pocket. But I mean, the best music, you know, a record, a record should sound in a way where where you're just enjoying the experience and the groove, and there's nothing, you know, that's I don't know, herky jerky about the time that that disturbs you, you know, the rhythm, right, the right. rhythm part. And of I, it. I, yeah, and I think for better or for worse, maybe for worse. Too much it, it, it is the fact that people, producers and musicians now, they want that rhythmic perfection. They they're so used to hearing it when they make their demos that they, you know, they can't seem to let the real players have it. Sometimes, you know, yeah, and that's too bad because you know if it's the right players, it's it's they're going to take it and do so much more. Yeah. Well, here's the challenge. 
This is the last song. We made it all the way to the last song in one take, Jay. We're doing pretty wow. good. Wow. <laughs> we always work Ooh. quick. Yeah. <laughs> well, this this is also the last song I wrote for the CD. Wow, think, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I just wanted a um, you know what jazz musicians call a blowing tune at the end. But I I'm happy to say I think I I got a lot more than what I was going for with this. It it. And I think it's a really appropriate stamp for the end of this CD, which is really about pushing the boundaries out and growing the music into new places. And, the, and that was why I came up with the title of the challenge, too, because it, it's a challenge to me, it was a challenge to the listener, and, and, a, and a deeper challenge to the rest of the contemporary jazz community to, you know, hey, let's do something real here, folks. <laughs> you know, let's, let's, let's really play. Uh, and I must say, everybody in the band really played their butts off on this one. Um, I mean, man, Gary's slap bass part, I mean, he's known for that, but, whew. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's he's... just, uh, this is another one with the nylon string uh, and the electric having a balance. Not the same har- harmony going on like in, in the second track, did you hear that? But um, as, you know, <laughs> we'll see coming up. The electric guitar plays a prominent role. Yep. Here comes Rob, another tenor feature. That's so cool. Rhythmically, that that, that reminds me of Maceo almost. Like, yeah, exactly. Yep. It's it's jazz, but it's got those, I don't know. Well, Michael Brecker. Yep. You know, rest his soul. You know, I mean, it's yeah. the same kind of thing. You know, that strong jazz element, but clearly an R&B-ish groove thing that never left either. You know, that's what Rob's doing here. Oh, yeah. Now this, all of this is from one take of, of his his solo when we did the real sessions. But the very last phrase is from the first thing he played on the demo. Wow! Right here, right here, punch. That's from a whole nother two months before. Now, this piano solo is re- you really. It, it's so nice how you let the left hand fall by the wayside for a little bit there. You know, I mean, this yep. is. I'd like to hear you play like this more <laughs> on your own on your own records too you know there's just this is really really taking your time but it's got intensity from the first note oh, the, and those horn those backing horns you know i had a blast mixing them yeah they were you know, fun just, to play they were really cool parts but they i just wanted them in just the right place that's a great line there it is here we get into the <laughs> a real rock sound, almost like a Santana thing. Now, what happened with this solo, Ken? Weren't you going to use a solo from the demo or something, and then it, it, well, it, it went away? Ironic, yeah, ironically, this was the solo that I went, oh, at least I knew part of it was good on the demo. And then I, I, I did something I very, very rarely do, which you can attest to, and that is I somehow threw something away. Um, and so I had to play this again. Which was just as good, well, because the first half of the demo solo wasn't wasn't that good. Um, but I think starting from here, this is a whole new solo. This was one take, this solo. But I knew parts of it. I knew exactly what I was going to play. Yeah. You know, it was, again, listen to those horns, the way they support the guitar. <laughs> That's nice right there. Yeah. Now, this is a cool thing right here. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> it was a moment that I could just never 
recreate exactly again. You know, it was just, I went back later and tried to figure out, you know, what exactly is going on there, and I, I'll have to do it. But, so did you, you find know, just the from, original solo? Is this no, but I had it. I had it on a demo CD. Oh, okay. So I was able to at least, you know, go back and take the parts that I thought were good and work with them. I mean, I couldn't use the recording, but I could, you know, mimic it or try to play a version yep. of it. You can never do it exactly the same, you know. And no. when you and if you do, you're going to get in trouble. You you shouldn't because you'll end up, you'll always end up doing something that that sounds like a um, an afterthought. Yeah, it's but. A- uh, it's always a mystery, yeah. you know, when you're when you're writing your own material and learning how to improvise on it. You know, like right. like if you if you know yourself well enough, it's it's almost like a balance between challenging yourself with new and going into new harmonic material, you know, or, or new harmonic areas that you've never done before, but also writing right. things that are that are really written for you as a player. Well, yeah. I mean, I th- I think that especially when it comes to improvising, if you don't feel like you're comfortable playing on your own stuff, then something really isn't right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, it 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 um, that's what it should should be about. You know. And while the chord changes on this are not anything like as where as, as near as challenging as say you know lakes, um, they have their own challenge to them. They're not hard for players like you and me to accomplish but to make it sound like nothing is there it's almost like it's half modal half chord changes yep. playing and that i find challenging you know especially oh, yeah. when i'm playing electric guitar or in a rock style because when i do that i don't associate that to playing to chord changes yeah and so that made that solo challenging to let it to have it to be aware of the chords but not have that be the focal point Yep. This is a really some really nice stuff going on on everybody. Gary and me, particularly here, it's a real nice interaction. It's grooving. I mean, this is like really funky. Oh, and I love this ending. Oh, that is so dramatic. That is just oh god. That's that's a really texturally dramatic ending. Yeah, every every it just comes. It's like a pin coming to the tip of it. You know, with a uh, you know, it's and again, just a nice way I think to end this particular record. <laughs> 